Hey everybody, welcome to Friend Zone. I'm Mallory. And I'm Matthew. We are doing a special bonus episode for y'all today because Josh and I have been battling some health issues, so we took a little break, um, but we have a bonus episode with my wonderful husband, Matthew, here to fill in. So Matthew, my first thing that I want to talk to you about for our listeners is because we are friend zoned and Josh and I talk a lot about the male-female dynamic in our friendship. How is it for you to have your wife having a best friend that's a dude? Uh, definitely at first, uh, my mind wandered uh, due to the fact that obviously, typically a male and, and female relationship, like friends, uh, are kind of weird. Um, and I never met him uh, due to the fact that I was in Tennessee. Uh, but when I met him and I saw y'all's dynamic, how you interact, um, it was more of a brother sister um, than your stereotypical like uh, male and female uh, friendship. Yeah, so you guys to see that right away. The cool thing for me is to see how you and Josh have become so close, and the fact that you were a groomsman in his wedding, and there are times that you know things that I don't know which is weird for me because <laughs> I usually know everything with Josh, um, but that y'all can just talk to each other. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think it's really good. Uh, I think the biggest thing that helped us out to bond is that he is former military and I am still currently serving. Um, so we do have that, uh, that brotherhood, uh, regardless of what branch uh, we served in, we have that connection and that definitely helped uh, our relationship. Yeah. And you guys have a lot in common, like football and sports and all that good stuff. Um, so let's get into our weekly news. We did something pretty exciting on Friday. We got to see Louis C.K.'s stand up. He is back on the road uh, doing very small comedy clubs. Just kind of I think he's just like testing the waters to see how audiences are now taking him and if they're welcoming or not and just testing out some new material. So what did you think of him being back on the road? I'm very happy that he was able to get back out onto the road. Um, obviously the Me Too movement um, slowed down his production uh, and I thought he did it. He was very well with his execution and bringing everything to the forefront as soon as he got on stage. Yeah. I want to like definitely discuss that because the minute he walked out, I mean, well, first of all, everybody stood right away and applauded him. And then he immediately was like, Hey, I used to play arenas and now I'm here at this really small comedy club. And the first joke he told was, well, I learned a lot in this last 16 months. And the major thing that I learned is that if you ask a woman, if you can jerk off onto her and she says, yes, make sure you ask again. And then even if she still says yes, probably not a good idea to do it, even if she says yes. So he very much so addressed the fact that he was respectful. These women did consent and he addressed that he has had bad reactions, like how he's been going out to dinner by himself, having to eat dinner by himself and people flipping him off when he's trying to eat dinner. And 
not understanding the fact that he's a human being. He was very upfront and like everybody has their own sexual likes and dislikes and everybody's different. That's what I like. And that's what I asked. And they said, yes. So. Yeah. And I think it was awesome that he was able to bring it out right away. Um, unlike a lot of his other comedy specials, I guess, um, I did feel like he was trying a little too much, uh, as his show progressed, um, trying to make a new name for himself, I guess. And it was like, he was trying to be very controversial in other aspects. And it wasn't, I always say that he is so smart in his comedy that his comedy is a very intelligent brand of comedy. And I didn't feel that this was, I felt that it was just, he was trying too hard to start, like you said, like start over and kind of take the eyes off of the Me Too movement stuff that happened. And it's like, Oh, I'm going to stand out because I'm going to talk about Auschwitz or, um, I don't know. We talked about like big black dongs and like not knowing if it was like a black dude or their dick. Like it was, it was not as intelligent. It was funny, but it wasn't the standard that he had had before. Yeah. And I think that's an audience that he might have to attract now. And I think he might have to think that he has to attract that because of what happened through the Me Too movement that he's not approaching the intelligent, like, populist he's looking more at the crude that those are the people that are going to still want to come out and watch his shows yeah i didn't think about that that's a good point um like i said he was still funny everybody knows that i've talked about it numerous times on here that i was so in love with him and i thought he was so sexy and then i saw him in person and i leaned over to you and i was like mm, he's off the list don't meet your heroes kids <laughs> Not as good looking in real life. So uh, I think you were pretty excited about that. <laughs> yeah, I had questions at the very beginning when you said that he was on your list. I'm like, uh, are you sure? Uh, <laughs> the comedy club was pretty um, cold inside and he was still sweating. Oh, my God. Sweat. It was so bad. He was like drenched. Yeah. And he just does not look as good. And like I said, I think my dad dresses better than he does. And... Yeah. I hate his shoes. And like I told you, like you can't marry somebody that you don't like their shoes. Very true. He had the, the dad shoes like he was about to go cut the grass and uh, grill out those typical New Balance. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that was, I guess that was a good rose for you this week. <laughs> that was my rose for this week. <laughs> <laughs> that I no longer find him attractive. Um, so getting on to some more controversial news of the week, Alabama's abortion ban has been all over the news. If you've been on any type of social media, y'all have seen it. Um, we're going to go over some facts first because there's been a lot of, for lack of better term, fake news out there about it. <laughs> so first of all, it's important to say it's, the ban is not effective yet because or this law has been signed, it doesn't mean that it's gone into place there. With the legal system, there are so many people that it has to go through in so many ways that it can be 
stopped. Um, so the American Civil Liberties Union and Planned Parenthood have already announced plans that they're going to file lawsuits against it, arguing that it's unconstitutional because it is. Um, and so that just means that a federal judge would have to decide whether to temporarily block it or allow it. And then it's going to continue to go up. They're expecting it to go to the Supreme Court. Um, since Trump's inauguration, uh, six other states have put some sort of ban on abortions, mostly when a fetal heartbeat can be detected. And not a single one of those are in action yet. They're, none of them are effective right now, but they are in Georgia, Ohio, Mississippi, Kentucky, Iowa, and North Dakota have all put laws forward for that. And again, none of them are effective right now. Alabama's is just the most restrictive because the only way that they are, this bill is allowing an abortion is if it has serious health risks to the unborn child's mother. Um, that's it. It's not talking about rape. It's no incest, nothing. Um, the Another thing is people are saying that women are going to get arrested if they were to have an abortion in Alabama or, or I've even heard like if you go across state lines to get an abortion, you come back, you could still get arrested. It's not true. Um, the bill is just going to charge doctors with a class A felony if they do perform abortions, if the bill were to go through. Um, and so they could carry a punishment of 10 to 99 years in prison. So this is one that y'all see in our marriage. We have very different thoughts on. So Matthew, what's your opinion on it? So, yes, uh, we definitely do have different viewpoints on this. Um, my stance on abortion is that if you have two consenting adults um, and you engage in intercourse and a child is conceived out of that, uh, I do believe that that mother should go full term uh, and have that child. That being said, uh, I don't agree on how harsh uh, Alabama's ruling is as of right now, as far as um, that the only person that's immune from this is someone that is uh, gonna have life-threatening risks if they carry full term. Uh, I do believe that rape uh, as hard as it is to confirm or deny, uh, should be added in there as, uh, along with incest. I do believe that that should be in there, that if, uh, those three things combined, uh, or one of those three things are met, that, uh, there should be no penalty to, uh, the mother or the doctor. And I have very different thoughts. I feel it is, a woman's body. It's her right to decide if she wants to carry it or not. Nobody can tell you what to do with your body. Everybody can have their own opinions about it. And at the end of the day, if you don't believe in abortion, then don't have one. But if you are pro-choice and you know that that is there for you, and that's right now our constitutional right to have, and I believe we all should have that as women, as women, we all should have that. Um, I, I am sickened by these bans. Um, first of all, with the rape, you and I have discussed this. It's going to be very hard to prove that it was rape unless she went in to the clinic 
essentially the next day and said, Hey, I got raped. And then would have to wait to find out if she was pregnant or not. And not a lot of women want to do that, especially after that traumatic of an experience the next day or within the week or whatever. It's, it's very, it's very hard to say. And it could be a situation where let's say somebody got raped one day and then for some reason they had consensual sex in a few days. How are you going to know that that baby was the rape baby or that baby was the consensual baby. It's, I just, I, I think the rape one is going to be very hard to prove as well as incest. You can go in there and say, Oh, I'm pregnant and my uncle did it or whatever. It was incest. We both consented, but it's incest. And you could be lying about that. There's no way to prove that. I understand that. And I think that a big part of it, uh, especially on the incest part is that, um, and, and still with the rape is that if that truly happened to you and that child was conceived from that, uh, charges should be filed. I think a good way to see like, all right, well, is this person, you know, crying wolf? Um, well, is this person also going to take action to get that uncle or cousin or whoever it may be for incest, um, prosecuted? I get that. But then look at the Me Too movement and how many times these women have said, okay, well, look, my favorite example is Neve with Catfish because I'm so happy that MTV did their due diligence on this. And this girl said, okay, well, he did this to me. It got him investigated, found out that it wasn't true. And Obviously, he got to proceed on with his life and be able to do what he does and go out, continue catfish. But she still made that false claim. How do you know that that woman is going to go in there and make those false claims? And then you have to wait for the legal system to do its thing as far as convicting somebody for rape. And in that time, she could have already had the abortion and then... They find out, oh, hey, it wasn't rape. She was lying just so she could get the abortion. In those situations, then I feel like it would fall into the category of by law, if it's passed, that the mother or the doctor get in trouble for it if founded that it wasn't rape. But why would the doctor get in trouble for it if she's claiming it was rape? No, I get I see your side on that, that the doctor didn't know. Um, so at that point, I guess the, the fault would lie quote unquote on the mother, uh, at that point, not the doctor. So I guess, yes, it would be in there that at that point it would just solely be the mother that would be in trouble for lying, not the doctor because the doctor was doing his job. And I do truly believe that with this whole me too movement thing, that these women need to be punished for making for when false accusations are made. I think it's just ridiculous, but My biggest problem with the whole abortion thing is it's nobody's business what I do with my body. It's my body. I I get to choose that. I mean, you can be safe and take precautions and still get pregnant and not have meant to because, you know, you're on the pill or... You know, you were on the pill and there are things that can happen. You don't take it at the exact same time every day and then it doesn't work as effectively. So, but you were still on the pill and you were still trying to be careful and it, it condoms break. It can happen. 
And I just think it's a really good thing for us to have. And everybody that's claiming that, oh, it's killing babies and we need to be protecting these kids. Okay, well, what are you doing for the kids that are out there right now in the foster system or kids that are homeless, kids that are not adopted yet, are waiting to get adopted? You're doing nothing for those children. Why aren't you fighting for them? Why instead of standing in front of Planned Parenthood with your sign, why not make use of that time and go volunteer with foster kids? Foster a child. Do that instead of wasting your time protesting and shaming others. Why are you using your time to make other people feel negative when you can be using your time to help these children that are currently on our earth, living and breathing, eating, and need help? Well, the big reason is is that it's not a glorified profession. It's easier for people to go out and protest because they're going to be on the news, they're going to be on social media, they're going to get their 15 minutes of fame. There's so many people that are trying to uh, better the United States and and bring in children and foster them and adopt them, uh, but they're not getting all the fame. The people are getting the fame are the people standing out with their signs uh, that everyone either agrees with or disagrees with, and then it starts that conversation. uh, And they'd rather do it that way and have their voices heard than actually take action. Um, I just think it's, I think it's ridiculous. I don't think it matters if you get the fame or not. I think it should matter that you're doing something that is good for, I would much rather do something that's making a child that's on this earth and eating, living, breathing. I would rather do something that makes them feel good and not get the recognition rather than shaming somebody going into Planned Parenthood, which by the way, you don't know why they're going into Planned Parenthood and you're yelling at them. That's ridiculous. But shaming somebody and making somebody feel bad just so you can get fame. That's terrible. Oh, I completely agree. I don't think that anybody should be shamed for what they do um, unless it is something that is against the law, obviously. Uh, it should be brought to the forefront and uh, they should be condemned for what they do, uh, depending on the crime. Uh, but yeah, I agree. More people should want to help children that are needing it than just bashing people for making the choice to um, take control of their own body. Yeah. All right. Well, y'all say that we don't agree on everything in our marriage, but we still love each other. So it's good. Let's move on to our next one. Um, A Florida man was caught this week playing basketball naked at a public park and said that he thought playing basketball nude would improve his skills. Um, Very strange that this park was named Candyland Park and it was in Longwood, Florida. Uh, So what are your thoughts on this, Matthew? Uh, I think that if he was going to do that, I think he should have picked a better, uh, location. Uh, cause <laughs> once he got, uh, caught, uh, it's definitely clickbait at that point. I mean, Candyland park and you're naked, uh, playing basketball. I don't know if it's for, you know, aerodynamics or, <laughs> but it definitely brings a new term or a new meaning to the term balling out. Um, <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Um, it kind of reminded me of the Planet Fitness guy that was like there. Wasn't he like doing yoga or something? I don't know. He was doing something at Planet Fitness and he was naked. And he was like, what? 
it's a judgment-free zone. So, Well, I can side more with and get behind the guy at Planet Fitness just because I have worked in a Planet Fitness and uh, worked out. Or, yeah. Yeah. I've worked out at a Planet Fitness and it's definitely uh, not a judgment free zone because I'm quote unquote what they consider a lunker. Uh, so they're discriminating against me when I go in there. They have the lunker free zone and an alarm and all that. And it actually went off once when I walked in there. <laughs> and I'm like, I've just walked in. I haven't even done anything. I know. I keep telling you. I think you could sue for that because that is not judgment free. They are judging you. Um, yeah, I don't know what that. I don't know how this guy thought being nude was going to improve his performance. And like, what are your ambitions? Because if you're trying to get on like the NBA or whatever, they're not going to let you play nude, bro. No. So, and he's a little old for uh, trying to try out for the NBA. I think he was yeah, twenty nine. Yeah, twenty nine. So he's around our age. I'm like, I have no ambitions to try to be in any professional sport at our age. Florida's had some weird things happen in the last couple of weeks. Somebody got arrested because on his truck, it said it had like those like big decal stickers and it said, I eat ass. (laughs) And the police pulled him over and said that it was like inappropriate. It was offensive to people. There's so many ways that people can get offended, though. But, like, you can have, like, those balls hanging yeah. off your truck. Like, those are more offensive to me than it's saying, like, I eat ass. You know? I just, uh, it's kind of like the Hellboy, heck boy thing. Yeah. Get over it, people. It's words. So, should we get into our deep dive for the week? Sure. This is one of our favorite topics to talk about. This week, we're going to talk about um, the five love languages. If you haven't heard of them, I really highly encourage you to look it up. There's tons of books on it, um, tons of information on it on the internet as well. Um, We have actually, we got introduced to the love languages because we were at a marriage retreat and it was part of the curriculum. And I also want to say to our viewers, something that you and I are pretty vocal and passionate about is that we started marriage counseling when we were engaged? Yes. Yeah. We started marriage counseling when we were engaged. And we very much so take the same um, viewpoint as like Kristen Bell and Dak Shepard. They did the same thing. Like they started dating and they were in mar- couples therapy. Um, just essentially it's like you're with this other person and they're different than you and you want this to work. So why not get help before a problem happens rather than have a problem happen and all this damage is done and you can't bounce back from it. I'd rather address things at the forefront and then be able to know how to work through it healthy together. Yeah, for sure. Because at the beginning of every relationship, it's more based on that physical attraction or intelligent aspect. You really don't know that person at their core, what, what makes them tick, you know, what gets on their nerves and what makes them feel loved, um, is a big thing. Yeah. So we have gone to a whole bunch of marriage retreats. We've done, um, parenting seminars and we have, like I said, gone to couples therapy and it was, I cannot recommend it enough to do it. I would say at your engagement point. Yeah, I agree. If not earlier. Yeah, for sure. Because 
after a while, that honeymoon phase, honeymoon phase is going to go away. And, you know, all the glamour of this brand new relationship goes away. But if you're going in and you're truly wanting to know who that person is and for them to learn who you truly are and what you truly need out of a relationship and out of a partner, it's just going to benefit you to where you're not hitting that wall of, did I make the right decision? And we're not all trained in psychology. So I'm definitely not a professional. You're definitely not a professional in psychology. Um, So it's really good to have that resource to help you and guide you along because like you said, everybody's different. And that's what those, that's what your counselors, therapists, psychologists, that's what they're there for is to help you with all of that. So I'll get off my soapbox about that, but highly recommend it. Um, So going over the five love languages, I'll give you all a brief description of them. So the first one is physical touch, where physical presence and accessibility are important. These people love hugs, holding hands, just being near to each other. Nothing is more impactful to them than the physical touch of their partner. It's not necessarily over-the-top PDA, uh, but they just do feel more connected and safe. Um, holding hands, hugging, that's that's what makes them feel loved. And all the words and gifts in the world aren't going to change that. That person needs that physical touch. And that happens to be your love language, Matthew. That it is. It's definitely my love language. Um, I believe we're going to, after each uh, love language is described, we're going to go over our own love language. Yeah. So next up is quality time. This one is my love language. Um, And it's all about undivided attention. So no TV, smartphones, or other distractions. Like talk is cheap and the kind of action that they want is your main focus. This doesn't mean you can't curl up on the couch and binge on HBO or Netflix because quality time is mine and I love nothing more than binge watching with you. (laughs) So um, it just means that you need to make sure to dedicate time to each other um, without all of the distractions. And it just helps people feel um, with that love language, feel comforted. And every time you cancel, postpone, or aren't like present with that person during your time together, that's what really hurts that person. Receiving gifts is the next one. And this one is the one that we think Shania Lynn, our daughter, has for, for sure. her love language. <laughs> and this is important to know. Everybody has love languages. It's not, It's. it goes beyond just your you and your partner. Um, so receiving gifts isn't necessarily materialistic. It just means that that person thinks it's meaningful or thoughtful when a gift makes them feel appreciated and loved. So something as simple as picking up a pint of their favorite ice cream after a long work week is that's impactful on them. The next one is acts of service. And that one is actions speak louder than words. So this love language is expressed itself by doing things that you would like your spouse, you or your spouse would like. So um, like cooking a meal for them, doing the laundry, picking up prescriptions. Those are all acts of service. They require some thought, time and effort. Um, So 
knowing like, hey, an example would be I'm on the road all day and you know I'm not getting home until 6.37. You know I can't prep dinner. So I get home and you're like, hey, I already have Chick-fil-A for us. You don't have to worry about dinner. That would be an act of service. And the last one is words of affirmation. This is the one that we think Michael, our son, is. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this love language is expressed with words that build up the person. So verbal compliments don't have to be complicated. The shortest and simplest ones can be most effective. So uh, I love you can go a long way. Or you look really nice in that shirt can go a long way. But on the other side of that, negative or insulting comments really hurt this person more than others. And take this person takes longer to forgive others over words. Like I said, it is important to note that everybody has a love language and it's not just in your marriage. We talked about we know what our kids' love languages are, and it's important to know those in your relationships. So it's important to know that in your friendships, it's going to help develop those relationships. In your workplace, even, it's good to know because if you know that if you're a boss and you know your employee is words of affirmation, then just saying, hey, really good job on that report is going to go way further than giving them a gift or something like to say, thank, like a gift card to say thank you for their work. They, they just need that, those words. So it's important to know that it can help you beyond just your romantic relationships. So we found some questions that go along with the training that we've had in love languages. So we're going to go over those and answer how they help us so Matthew, what are some things that I do that make you feel especially seen, heard, accepted, appreciated, cared for, loved? So with my love language, obviously being physical touch, um, you definitely do little things. So if we're in the car um, and we're going on a long drive for, over to Nashville, you reach over and grab my hand and you just hold my hand. Just those little physical touches know that, you know, you're there for me. You love me. You know that I, I need that those subtleties. Um, uh, nothing over the top, obviously. Um, cause a lot of times people think with the physical touch of love language that it's always had to be intercourse or something like that. Um, and definitely to be heard, um, is that with both of us, with our crazy schedules, um, I definitely, uh, open up to you and let you know, Hey, um, I feel like my love language is kind of being put to the side. Um, and you hear me and I know that you're hearing me by like, if we have that long day and then we're done and you know, you give me a back massage or you just cuddle up with me when we're watching TV or you rub my arm, something like that. Um, and being accepting of it, of knowing, especially with our, <laughs> we grew up completely different. Mm -hmm. um, we, we grew up in a household where uh, my parents were very affectionate and very uh, hands-on. Um, Mine were not. <laughs> They're very lo loving and affectionate, just like personal space. And it's important to note that you get ranked in each of these love languages and quality time is mine. Um, my very last one came back physical, physical touch. Yes. To where I was like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, 
Well, we're on the different side of spectrums on this one. Yeah. And so that's why it was important for us to do these kind of marriage retreats and going to counseling to figure out, okay, we're way opposite spectrum on this. So what can we do to help with that? So what things uh, do you do or do I do for you to show you that you're being seen, heard and accepted and appreciated? Um, definitely when you plan date nights, those are, those are my favorites that we can just take time and get away and be just us. Um, I would say too, like, because you know how much I love to binge and you are not a binge TV watcher or movie watcher before me at all. Um, no, (laughs) definitely not in the slightest. I was, uh, a more, if it's not sports, I'm not watching it. And if there's no sports on, I'm going out fishing or being outside. Yeah. So the progress that you've made in that. And I mean, we're binge watching Stranger Things for the third time, right? Now. Yeah, we are. So um, just, and you were the one that brought it up to me this last time of like, hey, let's just binge Stranger Things again. And I was like, well, I'm never going to say no to that. So you really have implemented that. Yes. And I do truly love Stranger Things. So, so yeah. that definitely helps <laughs> that it intrigues me. This is another conflict in our marriage because obviously Eleven is the best character. No, nah, definitely Dustin. No, you're right. No, <laughs> hands down, Dustin. Is there an area that has caused conflict in our marriage that could have been solved by striking a balance? Definitely right away up front uh, at the beginning of our marriage, uh, the physical touch. Mm-hmm. Um, we both were at different points and we did not have a balance in there to where I'm like, all right, honeymoon phase. Like mm-hmm. I want physical touch in every aspect. And I felt you were standoffish and then realizing where we were on that spectrum of my physical touch being predominant and yours being at the bottom. Uh, we did have to definitely strike that balance, but at first we were kind of butting heads. Yeah. And even with quality time, because again, it's for me, like I, I want you present with me in that moment. And so we definitely had to build that in our marriage and we still work on it because we are both recruiters and constantly have to have our phones on us. It's, it's kind of challenging for us to be like, okay, we're going to put this down and focus on us. But we found really inventive ways to kind of do that. Like we do a game and music night where we play games and then come up with music categories and have to play songs for a category. Um, So on that, I like the fact that I was able to pry out your guilty pleasure. Ah, don't tell people. Of, uh, so everybody listening knows uh, if you ever come across Mallory and she tells you that Nirvana is. They suck. If, if she says that, uh, she's them. lying. I hate them. Wholeheartedly, hate them. she is lying. Uh, she has it on m- multiple playlists. Uh, or has Nirvana on multiple playlists. I don't know what you're talking about. That's mm-hmm. not true. Fake right. news. Fake news. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we've been able to do that. And it, it just took us a while to get there to figure out how to spend for you to know how I want equality time spent. Because for you, it was just like, oh, okay, let's sit here and we can be on our phones and play games. And for me, it was like, 
no, I, I want to do something with you. Yeah. Another thing that did definitely help is that because we are both recruiters and we're both definitely on the road mm-hmm. is that throughout the day, we just check in with each other. Like, Hey, how's your day going? How are you feeling? Especially if we know like that something's coming up. Um, like I have knee trouble. She asked me how my knee is doing. Um, that we limit it to that throughout the day. And then we're, when we're home, we put our phones down and we have that quality time of discussing what happened. Yeah, that was a big one that I had to talk to you about because you would always want to know how my day was as it was going throughout the day, like through text message. And I was like, I don't want to text you about this. I want you to sit down at night, have dinner and talk to you about this. So you had to, cause you were like, oh no, I'm like showing you love because I'm asking you throughout the day. And I'm like, I don't want it on a screen. I want you to sit down and have a conversation with you. Yeah, that was definitely difficult. Yeah. Uh, but I think, <laughs> I think I've come a long way uh, to make sure that I'm fulfilling your love language yeah. the way that you need it. Filled. Yeah. Um, so that's just kind of like, I guess, how we ham- handle conflict and being able to come to compromises. Um, we do have some things that when you live together with somebody, there are things that people differ in. For instance, Matthew loves to have the fan on him at night and I hate being cold and I cannot fall asleep unless the TV is on. And I'll tell you guys, the stuff that she puts on are Watch not Watch new girl right now. Right now. Yes. <laughs> that is a compromise that we came to. Yes. I'm like, I can fall asleep. That's fine. But a lot of the other shows that she watches and I'm like trying to fall asleep and I'm like, this is not going to happen. So he doesn't fall asleep during the Golden Girls. No, I can't. <laughs> I have to put, I have earplugs and I put them in. Probably because uh, I'm laughing too loud. <laughs> yeah. And for me, my compromise with the fan is that I used to have it on the nightstand. Uh, and now it's. Or on, a big standing fan. Or a big standing fan. Yeah. But now I have it on the floor angled up to where it hits me for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have compromise. And yeah. She, you have a sleep timer now. Yeah. I have a sleep timer on the TV now that it's not on all night. That once I'm in bed, relaxing, it's on for 90 minutes and then it shuts off. So just so I can get it there to fall asleep because you would hate it. When I didn't have it on, you would wake up in the middle of the mm-hmm. night because it was still going on and you would hear something loud and I'll sleep through it, but I'll sleep through an alarm. So that was our compromise and it's working out really well for us. Yes. Uh, a big thing that living together as well is that uh, Mallory was an only child. So <laughs> she really didn't have to do a whole lot of chores. She didn't have to do. Oh, no, a lot this of is a good one. House. Yeah. So in a typical household, you have your general or your gender roles for jobs. So like the males go out and they take the trash out and they cut the grass and they do all those outdoor things. And the, the wife is supposed to cook, clean, like vacuum, put away laundry, all those things where you didn't have to vacuum a mm-hmm. day in your life. And you hate how I vacuum. And I do. Yes, I do. Um, he is you, OCD about vacuuming you, floors. Yes. You can't teach a, an old dog new tricks, essentially. <laughs> uh, and you're a little late in the game to learn how to vacuum. So I definitely vacuum. I do the laundry. Uh, I still cut the grass. Uh, for I my do the kitchen. Role. You do the kitchen. I'm not allowed in the kitchen. Yeah. that That's um, one thing for me is 
he if he puts dishes away, it drives me insane. So I appreciate that he wants to help, but I would much rather just do it myself. And that's how he is with the floors. So that was kind of our living together compromise is like, yeah. you do the floors, I'll do the kitchen. Yep. And that's why we have a lot of hardwood floors now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, are, do you think that we're able to be honest with each other about our thoughts and feelings at difficult times? Definitely now. I think we're definitely at a point now where we're very open and we're very uh, confident in each other's uh, ability to take arrows. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can be open and honest with you and, and know that you're going to take it for what it is and understand and, and try to uh, help with the situation. And we learned about taking arrows in therapy. So I'll explain kind of what that is. That is essentially somebody venting and it's reacting instead of responding. So we've been, I've been working on that, especially you're a lot better on that than I am because I want to react all the time. And you're like, not about that. Well, I think what helps me with that is that I just, for the most part, I hate people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so the, the less I have to communicate with people, the better. Um, so it was very difficult for me at first with you, uh, because like, I want to communicate with you and I want to take the arrows, but it was also very hard at that time. And I'm there. And I really, right now I've been very good about, Hey, I'm going to react to this right now. The, I, I don't want to talk right now because you're going to get a reaction. Let, let me calm down for 20 minutes and then I'll respond to the situation that's going on. Yeah. And I think a good thing that uh, we've been doing is if we've had conflicts with other people, not just us, um, that you vent to me, you, Mm -hmm. you tell, you text me or you, if we're in person, you tell me how you're feeling and you get it out of your system. Essentially. It's like writing it down being like getting all that anger out instead of responding to that person directly. Yeah. Essentially ever we've talked about this on the podcast. We have a very high conflict, uh, bio mom that we deal with. So, um, when we get text messages, I will literally text you a whole thing about how angry I am. And then I will text you, Hey, that was a reaction. Don't say anything. Yeah. So I always do like a, a little pregnant pause, uh, after receiving it, I read it. I absorb it. I understand where, how Mallory is feeling at that point so that I have a deeper knowledge of her. Um, and then I definitely wait for the green light or no, hey, don't, <laughs> don't, don't send that quite yet. Um, and it definitely helps yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, another thing as far as us being able to be honest with our thoughts and our feelings and stuff at difficult times that we had to compromise on with our love languages, you being physical touch when we are having a disagreement or a bad day or whatever, those arrows need to be thrown. You want to be by me because your love language is physical. You want to be by with the person that you love. I am quality time. And even though that, yes, that sometimes means I need quality time with you. When I'm angry, I'm like, I need quality time with Mallory. Let me calm down by myself. Let me think about this. Again, I don't want to react. I want to respond. And so that's something that we still always work on with that, that we remind each other of that a lot. Yes. 
for sure. Um, Yesterday when you were putting up shelves that they're really cute. We got them a really good deal, but apparently they they were hard. (laughs) There's a reason they were a really good deal. They were 75% off because it, you have to be like a master carpenter and you probably still wouldn't be able to hang them without putting a few (laughs) other holes in the wall. Um, so you were getting very frustrated Yes, and you were like, I was getting frustrated with you because you were frustrated and I wanted to help and you didn't want help on it. Cause when it comes to that kind of stuff, you're like, no, I'm going to be the man and do it by myself. So I was like, all right, you're frustrated. I'm going to take Mallory quality time. And I sat outside on the front porch in our magic chairs and just read a book. And then when you were done and you finally got it hung up, you're like, all right, come look. Well, she probably got to read half the book by the time I got it hung up. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely what we did. Yeah. So we've been, working on that a lot but being able to do that and communicate how we what our love languages need as far as disagreements is really good um well you talked about this a little bit how our upbringings and personalities are different and if we have kids which we do does that affect the way that we parent for sure uh so the way i grew up uh my upbringing was you had to work for everything. You had to, from a very early age, I was delivering papers on a paper route. I was cutting the neighbor's grass or down the block or in being in Wisconsin, shoveling snow. So I learned the value of what I earned of money um, and my personality uh, and my upbringing is, and it's going to be controversial, uh, <laughs> but what makes a man a true man is hard work and the chaos is on their hand. Um, I don't agree with that. And I definitely, (laughs) I definitely incorporate that into uh, parenting. So my, my parenting style is that you're going to earn everything. Um, Our daughter, Shania Lynch, she loves going back in the backyard and we have a dog and she helps uh, pick up all the dog poop. She loves it. Uh, Where Michael, not so much. Yeah. And, as far as that too, you are very um, like physical with the kids as far as like you want to cuddle them. Yes. If you're, if we're all together as a family, like you want one or both of them cuddle up with you. And I'm like, dude, I just need my space. I've been around you all freaking day. Like sit in your own spot. Like, <laughs> yeah. And you would like, even like Shania Lynn, it's been pretty recent that you've stopped like, essentially laying with her in bed until she falls asleep. Like you were always doing that. Yeah. And I think a big part of that too is, uh, is that, uh, my upbringing, my dad was very rugged. He didn't tell me he loved me until I was in high school. So I'm definitely in that, Hey, I want my children's life to be better than what mine was. And when it comes to that aspect, I definitely never want uh, the children to think that they're not loved um, and I want them to have all the stuff I didn't have that I wanted from my dad. Yeah. Now, as far as me, I didn't have to do, like you said, I didn't have to do the chores. So it's really hard for me. Like I still want to make their beds and we've had to come to a compromise and like, okay, here's their list of daily chores, but other stuff like I can still do for them. I'm not ever going to make them do their laundry. Um, but me not making their bed has been a real struggle for me because my mom made my bed forever. Um, 
And my parents were very liberal. Yours very conservative. Um, my parents were constantly taking me to do stuff. So we would go to museums and festivals and the movies. And I would see, like we talked about this last night, I saw 16 candles when I was like eight years old for the first time. And that opening scene is boobs. So like my parents just really showed me pop culture and they showed me a bunch of different ways that you can live in being accepting of all different kinds of people and what their choices are. So for me, I'm constantly looking for festivals to take the kids to. We take the kids to pride every year. We now, I guess now we, but in the beginning I would talk to them about, okay, well, we're going to pride because we love everybody. We want to support everybody's decision to, and to be able to love whoever they want. Yeah, for sure. I, I grew up uh, exploring the great outdoors, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and be it as it may, like I'm still conservative, uh, but very close-minded uh, upbringing that, you know, marriage is a man and a woman. Uh, anywhere else, no. Or anything else, no. Um, that, you know, there's good people and bad people. And if you don't follow this straight line of essentially being that conservative, then you're wrong. Uh, which I'm very lucky and appreciative that I did find my liberal soulmate (laughs) (laughs) that opened my eyes, um, and educated me. Essentially, I was just, wasn't educated growing up that everything that other people are okay, even if they are different. Yeah. And being able to take the kids to different, we take them to music festivals and we take them to a bunch of different like arts shows and stuff and do a lot of science with them. So being able to incorporate all that. But then on the other side, we take them fishing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Michael wants, they want to go on hikes in the woods and all that kind of stuff. So we've, gotten a real balance with it. Yeah, for sure. We just don't want to breed ignorance. Right. Um, So the next one is when we speak to each other in front of the kids, um, what ways kind of do we do it? What kind of words and attitudes do we have? And this is something that, again, your love language is physical touch. And I did not see that in my house a lot. So you were like, okay, I want to like, show the kids a loving marriage and kiss you and stuff. And I was like, Oh, that's so weird. But now I understand where you're coming from. And I've gotten a lot better about that. Yeah, for sure. And I think our tone, um, obviously we're going to show the kids conflict at times. That's the thing is we have to show them conflict and in a healthy way. Yes. And that we show, yes, there is that conflict. We came to a resolution and we made up not, Hey, we fought and they don't see the makeup. Yeah. Part. They need lot, to see the full circle. Yeah. Typically in a marriage with kids, the makeup portion is essentially in the bedroom, like not even being like sexual or anything, but just it's behind closed doors Yes, where that, that doesn't benefit them. It helps them to see that resolution. And I'm not saying to do a knockout, drag out fight in front of no, your kids. By no, not means. at all. But if you're having a conflict of, Hey, like every relationship. Hey, where do you want to eat today? Yeah. (laughs) Have that in front of the children. 
you know, it might become heated uh, as long as it doesn't become a physical thing. But if it's just words and you're discussing things, uh, so they see that conflict resolution uh, and the makeup portion. And there's times where I say to you in front of the kids, I just need to vent to you right now. I had a really shitty day at work and I just need to vent to you about it. That's another thing too, is we don't censor censor ourselves in front of our kids because I just don't feel like, like they're eventually going to swear. It's going to, they're human beings. It's going to happen. I don't want them to feel like they're shamed because they've said that word. Well, and there's a lot of words like, so even on the radio, um, you can say hell and yeah. ass and a lot of those words that before then we, you couldn't even have, it would all be censored out right. in songs. And you know, the radio host couldn't say those words. Now you can. So it's like, all right, so if they're hearing it on the radio, but then I say like, Hey, you're wrong, Michael, or Hey, you're wrong tonight, Lynn. Like, what, how am I going to tell them they're wrong? But it's being accepted all over the airwaves. And you're saying it because eventually you're going to yeah. say it. So and then they're going to think that you're bad. No, yeah. that's dumb. I mean, we tell them they're adult words. You can't say them right now because you can't, you also can't drink right now. You also can't drive right now. There are ages to do things. And that's one of the things you see us driving. You can't drive. Doesn't mean we're wrong. Yeah. You hear us swearing, you can't swear right now, doesn't mean we're wrong, you're going to get there. Right, and especially uh, since your dad says that you have the mouth of a sailor. <laughs> um, I do. And my dad taught me when I was a little kid how to say fuck five times in one sentence and it all mean different things. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's word. And especially with me being in the military, uh, we are definitely known to have a wide vocabulary. Yeah. So our last question is, well, I guess it's not, yeah, I guess it's a question. Imagine you and your spouse in 50 years from now, what do you see um, when you imagine it? And I guess we're going to, I know we're going to have differences on this, but I have compromise in mind. Mm. So yes, we, uh, we both grew up in Wisconsin. Uh, we both had very different uh, experiences. So in 50 years, I definitely see us having um, a very loving and committed relationship still. Uh, Me too. And I do think that we're going to have uh, our cabin in Wisconsin. Uh, yep. Where I think I'm going to frequent a whole lot more than Mallory, which is okay. Because <laughs> uh, I'm guessing in 50 years, she's probably going to tell me I smell like a dead fish anyways. So I might as well be out there with them. Um but definitely living somewhere in Tennessee together. Um, and if these three years tell me anything, um, the best is yet to come uh, for both of us uh, as we continue to grow in our relationship and our knowledge of each other, because you're never going to stop learning. Uh, and people do change. Uh, hopefully maybe that physical touch jumps up <laughs> from the bottom <laughs> Well, yeah, I agree. Um, this last three years, that's how long we've been married, um, has taught me a lot. And I do think like each year we get stronger. Like I, I know a lot of marriages go downhill, but as the years go on, I think we just get stronger every year, um, which I think is awesome for us. Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, but <laughs> where I see us is because I do not ever want to leave Tennessee. Um so compromise is that we can have a place out in Gatlinburg 
So we're still close to Knoxville. I can still go to the city. I can still get Bellevue tacos. And then we are still out in the woods and it's beautiful and we can get lots of moonshine and still have mellow mushroom. Mm-hmm. My issue is if you say you never want to leave Tennessee, then no red top. Cause that's in Kentucky. Well, we're still close enough to go to red top. <laughs> oh, that's another big thing in our marriage. Y'all, this is our biggest fight in our marriage is who has the best barbecue in Tennessee. Obviously it's peg leg and porker. Uh, hands down. No, they are voted in the top 25 in America. Yeah, that's okay. Edley's is by far the best barbecue. And it's actually barbecue, so I'm not talking about hot dogs and burgers. Yeah, that's my biggest pet peeve is now is that barbecue is the way you cook your meat. It is the type of food that you're having. If you are it's not you're not having a barbecue. You and cooking hot dogs and hamburgers, that is a cookout. That is not a barbecue. Or grilling. Yeah, or grilling. Yes. Oh, it annoys me so much. It makes me so mad just thinking about it right now. Um, so yeah, and that's the barbecue one is big is a big one in our marriage. We have to kind of compromise on that. Well, but. um for the first time the male is right mm. for sure. No. Peg leg is so much better. No. Their macaroni and cheese is so good. Um, okay, so we're gonna leave you with the 10 winning strategies to strengthen your us. And these come out of the five love languages. So the first one is assume the best. And the second one is pick your battles. You definitely always want to pick your battles, no matter what relationship it is. Um, Yeah. Be it personal or, um, like a colleague at work or anything like that. You definitely have to learn how to pick your battles. Oh, we learned how to pick our battles with the restaurant thing of where do you want to eat? We had a compromise. We made a bag. Yes, we definitely made a bag. Um, uh, and then we also did now a new thing where, uh, if we have to go to the same place more than once, cause if we are just like really honed in on going to get some Thai, which I, which <laughs> yeah. I never, which I never actually get Thai. Uh, we've made a compromise that we'll pick each other's meals. Yep. Yeah. To try and get us to try new things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I pick your battles and there's always ways to create new ways to, to conquer your battles. Yeah. For sure. Um, use the communication sandwich. So that means something like you would say to your partner, I really appreciate all your support with this and I needed your help with this, but it would be great if I could take more time alone to decompress. This would help me be even more present with you later. So that's kind of like how we were talking about how I just need alone time so I can respond and not react where I can say, I appreciate what you're doing. Let me take 20 minutes to read and then you and I can have a much more productive conversation about it. For sure. Instead of being there right in the moment. And then those 20 minutes that you needed to decompress, if, if we're together for those 20 minutes, we could turn that into an argument to where it could last days mm-hmm. instead of taking those 20 minutes to decompress. Yeah. For sure. And that can be the the communication sandwich can be used in many different ways. Uh, focus on 
progress and not perfection is number four. No relationship is ever going to be perfect, whether it be marriage, parent to child relationship, workplace relationship, friendship, um, no, no matter what, no relationship is ever going to be perfect. I don't know. So you're telling me, this is on the record, that if you were married to Justin Timberlake, which is, uh, he is definitely on your list. He's my number one. Uh, Besides you, he's my number one. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I love you No, too. he's my number one as far as like my one life goals. Mm, I don't have any on this list. You're it for me. Um, I'm a Watson, guys. <laughs> So, but you're telling me that if you were married to Justin Timberlake, it wouldn't be uh, perfection. No, because he's married to Jessica Biel and I don't like her. And so he would eventually have to divorce her. And I would not like that he was ever married to her. Plus he spends like a lot of time in Memphis because that's where he's from. And I hate Memphis and it scares me. So it would not be perfect because I don't ever want to go to Memphis other than Ikea. And Bass Pro Shop. And Bass Pro Shop. Never forget Bass Pro Shop. Yeah. um, But that's it. Other than I'm out. So I'd have to go to Memphis a lot. I'm not about that life. Mm -mm. Fair. (laughs) Um, Number five is build on common interests. So. I think for us, we definitely built on common interests uh, and grew common interests together. So the biggest thing is definitely the National Predators. Uh, We grew not only in a relationship with ourselves, but our family. Mm-hmm. Big Preds fans. Kids yes. are big Preds fans. Um, and that was something that you, neither you nor I watched hockey prior. No. Even, shockingly enough, being from Wisconsin, we never no, watched I, it. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we definitely are in love with it now. Oh, yeah. Um, so building, build common interests together figure out new things that it's not just like, Oh, you like it. So I'm going to compromise and do it. Find something new that you guys can bond over. Um, number six is give into the small stuff. So we kind of talked about that. Like your fans on the floor, my TV goes off after 90 minutes. Yeah. Just compromising. Yeah. Choose to let go. So there's a lot of things that no matter what, again, no relationships, perfect. So you're never going to be a hundred percent nice to your partner all the time. I mean, we've both said mean things to each other. And so essentially having to say, okay, that was an arrow. I got to let it go. Yeah. And definitely uh, with the fact that with it, no relationship being perfect, uh, people are going to like, I'm going to say things to Mallory that are going to trigger her. And it's not because I was trying to trigger her. I might just, it's just going to happen. Um, and she has, she's come a long way to understand that, like, I'm not trying to attack her or trigger her. And she's been able to let those things go. And I have as well. Mm-hmm. Um, number eight is make payback optional. And so what that means is it's not like, oh, I'm going to get you payback. But it's like, oh, I did the dishes today. So it has to be your turn next time. I'm not going to do them because I did them this time. That would be like a payback. That's, yeah. That's not healthy. And our laundry would never be put away then. Sometimes I put it away. But <laughs> 99.9% of the time you put it away. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it says make it optional. I would even say don't do it. Don't rely on that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can understand where they're coming from as far as like, I don't always want to have to be the one to, I don't know. Put dishes away. 
or I don't always want to have to be the one to change the, uh, put a new roll of, um, paper towel on the thing. Yeah. But don't, don't add it up, you know? Um, number nine is be a team first fighter. So your marriage needs is a team. You guys work together as a team. You're going to have obstacles as a team. You need to fight together. So like we said, we have in our situation that we are team player fighters is that we do have a high conflict uh, bio mom. And so we definitely need to work together on that. Yeah. And definitely don't have, don't just run your relationship off of your own agenda and, and knowing that, you know, is it going to benefit our relationship? And sometimes, yes, you gotta, you know, you're going to have your own personal things, but at the end of the day, it has to, has to be best for your team, mm-hmm. i.e. your relationship. And the last one, number 10 is give grace freely. So again, those are the 10 winning strategies to strengthen your us. And that is from the five love languages. Highly recommend that y'all read it. We've given you an overview on it today and been able to share with you how it's really helped us. And we hope that y'all can help um, your relationships with it as well. Um, Yeah, so that was awesome. Um, Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, we always do a rose and a thorn. So Matthew, what's your rose and thorn of the week? So I will start out with my thorn. And we do this, by the way, this started the Rose and Thorn is because we do it at our dinner table with the kids. Yes, that we do. So I am upset with Mother Nature. Uh, Ever since May hit, uh, I thought rain was going to stop, but every single weekend it has rained. Yes. I love fishing. (laughs) Yeah. And we have other plants throughout the weekend. And it's either rain or like 90 degrees. There's no in between. So yesterday was 90 with 100% humidity, I'm pretty sure. I'm not a weatherman, but I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, (laughs) And then today it's raining. So it's like, uh, why can't I get a good weekend to where I can go fishing? So that's my thorn. What's your rose? My rose is that I was able to go with you uh, to Louis CK's show not only because <laughs> he is now off your list, which I don't know how he made your list in the first place. Um, but having that quality time, being able to get that off the bucket list with you uh, means so much to me. And I know it meant a lot to you. You know, we talked about this afterwards too, speaking of the bucket list, um, that all the bucket list things that we've been able to cross since being together and in, in Tennessee. Um, Nick Swartzen, by the way, guys, best stand-up. We agreed. Best stand-up we've seen. Yeah. We've seen quite a bit now. His his joke about the fart on the plane gets me every time. <laughs> every He's time. so underrated. Yes. So underrated. Check him out, guys. He's so funny. And he does the best Minnesota accent. And I can do it, too, but I'm not going to do it. Come on. Nope. (laughs) Um, So my thorn for the week is my mom told me that one of her coworkers, like my mom was showing off pictures of Nala, our dog, to her coworkers. And Nala is a bulldog boxer mix. 
And apparently one of her coworkers was like, you're lying. Mailer's lying. That's not a bulldog boxer mix. She's a pit bull. And my mom was like, uh, no, like I've seen the papers. Like this is what she is. And this lady just wanted to argue with my mom about it. And to me, I've gone over this with you a million times, Matthew. It just makes me so mad when people say that because like, I get that she doesn't look like a typical bulldog or boxer because she's small. She has allergies. She hasn't had grains since she was six weeks old. That's what builds a lot of weight for dogs. And she's small. She's allergic to everything. So she's got a limited diet. She's going to be smaller. Yeah, she's small for her breed, but uh, she thinks she's a lap dog. Yeah. So she's, she's yeah. still a, a chunky monkey to us. Yeah, but um, but yeah, so for me, I'm like, okay, I can understand that you would maybe question it because of her size. But everything else about her looks like what she is. Yeah. And my biggest thing is that you think I'm like, why do you think I'm lying? Why do you think I'm ashamed of her? I love pitbulls. I think they're adorable and I would love to have one, but she's not like, she's not one. We're just not getting another dog because she is an only dog child for sure. Yep. Um, but I'm not ashamed of her. And so it just like makes me feel like people think I'm ashamed of her and I'm not. And I don't like that. So that's my thorn. I hate it when people do that. What's your rose? My rose for the week is that we got a bunch of new Stranger Things stuff. <laughs> um, we got the Trivial Pursuit. Which n neither of us had ever played Trivial Pursuit whatsoever. Uh, and so it was, it was an adventure for sure. And we were both uh, trying to get to the Stranger Things knowledge piece. Yeah. And... We love it. It's so good. But yeah, um, so we got a bunch of new Stranger Things stuff this week. I got you a Dustin for your desk and um, super excited about my bag that writes, lights up with the letters for run. Um, and I love that my also my rose is like you got my shelves put up. Um, so now my desk is clear and I can have all my Stranger Things stuff showed off in my office. <laughs> <laughs> all my 11 stuff. So yeah, I love it. Dustin's, I'm so excited. Dustin's still better. Nope. For sure. It goes 11, Hopper, Dustin. No, it's just Dustin. He's just up on a pedestal. Up oh in the very top. There's a reason he's going to my, in my office. But funny thing, we were watching it, and I caught a new joke because he was talking, Lucas was talking about the mental institution, and Lucas just right away is like, got a lot of family there. I thought I was going to die. Dustin said that. Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry, Dustin said to Lucas, got a lot of family there, and it was just so quick and on point, and... I just feel like I'm looking at a younger version of myself with my attitude, <laughs> for sure. That's how I feel about 11, with me. You bleed from the nose a lot? No, but I'm like, when she slams the door with her powers to Hopper, I'm like, oh, man, that was me. Um, sure. And I love it. goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's my rose and my thorn of this week. Matthew, thank you so much for joining us on this bonus episode. It was fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Obviously, uh, y'all probably wanted to hear from Josh. Uh, and 
hopefully next week he's feeling a little bit better and y'all can record without me. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> hope you guys enjoyed this bonus episode. Um, we'll probably do some more in the future. So I know that you and Josh want to do one, the two of you, you guys want to kick me to the curb. So yeah. Army versus Navy. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for tuning in guys. Hope you enjoyed the bonus episode. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Uh, follow us on Instagram at friendzonecast. Um, also, make sure to subscribe and rate us wherever you are listening to your podcasts now. Share it with your friends. And Josh and I are thinking about getting merch for y'all. So um, if there's anything that you would like to see a friendzoned logo on, let us know. Yeah, I definitely uh, am excited because as soon as I heard it uh, on the last episode, I'm like, I need a friend zone brochure <laughs> uh, just so when I walk around with my wife, uh, they think that uh, I got friend zone by my <laughs> wife, uh, which is great marketing for sure. Yeah, awesome. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs>